Novel Magics by Michael K. Austis. Chapter 3 The River Sarah woke up, her face pressing into something hard. Her neck, shoulders, and back felt welded together, a giant knot threatening to cramp at the slightest movement. She tried to take stock of her surroundings, but nothing made sense. Stories her aunt had told her of an afterlife of brimstone overlapped with what she saw. Red stone walls rose around her, sliding past as if on a treadmill, like a set from one of those old movies. Her half-dreaming mind concluded she must be dead. She tried to sit up, but the floor rolled, tilting her right side into the air, her left tilting down and splashing into warm water. She grabbed onto the raised edge, but her body was too heavy. The object she had been laying on, a broken shipping pallet, flipped over entirely and dumped her into the city's underground river. She wasn't dead, and this wasn't the river to an afterlife of torment. A vague part of her felt disappointment at that. At least, if she had been dead, this whole thing would be over. Then the smell hit, and with the force of a headlong train, shoved all other thoughts from her mind. The smells of shit, rusting metal, and something like engine oil fought for olfactory control of the air and water around her. Miscellaneous solids bumped into her as she struggled to keep her head above the surface, her face slimy with various liquids. She grabbed the pallet, desperation giving strength to her stiff body. But with nothing to brace herself against, Sarah couldn't get out of the water. She kicked hard, white-knuckling the wood. Eventually, the pallet bumped into something. The impact sent vibrations up Sarah's arms, into the burning muscles of her shoulders, making her wince. Without realizing it, she had rammed into the wall. Using the wall as an anchor, she pushed the pallet under her, slithering onto the planks of wood. She lay spread-eagle, her body stretched out evenly to prevent another flip into the river. Its smell was a malevolent force trying to pull everything Sarah had eaten in the last decade up through her throat. Everything from the city above, from the toilets to the garbage in the streets wound up in the river eventually, all carried to the lake. Instinctively, she tried to lift her head as far from the edge of the pallet as possible, so at least her nose would not be right next to the gurgling mass. Looking around, Sarah tried to distract herself from the stench and the itching that had erupted all over her body by searching for a means of escape. The walls were not made of a strange red stone, but concrete. She craned her neck, looking up. The walls rose about four meters, ending in a steel grate. Above that, fluorescent red light filtered down from a ceiling she couldn't see, casting deep checkered shadows. Sarah thought she could see handrails. That meant there was a walkway above her, possibly an exit. She reached for her tome, ready to make stairs or at least handholds to climb up. It wasn't there. Her eyes widened. Fighting down panic, Sarah checked her other pockets. Her balance was precarious, so she was forced to move slow. Her pockets were empty. Her mind raced as she tried to recall the last time she had used her tome. She had dropped it in the Athenaeum, and then she fell. She fell? How did that happen? 
The shock of waking up here had driven all other considerations from her mind, like how she'd wound up dozens of meters below the city in the first place. Maybe Casey or that old man had a tome in the same genre as her. Or maybe one of them had managed to use her tome. Had it finally worked? Either way, she was stuck down here. Her hands began to shake and her breathing became more ragged as this realization hit her. Like most residents of the city, Sarah had never before seen the river. It had been buried before the Inferno days by the first builders of the city. No one knew how they had done it with their limited means and technology, and especially without the tomes, but everyone knew the rumors. The rumors would occasionally make their way around the residents of Old Town, rumors of bodies found on the edge of the nearby lake with jagged tears in their flesh. She never gave them much thought when she was walking on the pavement safely above this flowing abscess. But now, in the blood-red light and with no way out, she knew. Things lived down here. She could feel them watching her, the same way a mouse might feel the gaze of a hawk before its sudden hunger-driven descent. She shivered, fear rolling through her back and limbs. Stop it! She said out loud, her voice amplified by the walls. This wasn't helping. She had to think, to focus on finding a way out of this stinking death trap. One option was to just wait. The river supposedly flowed everywhere under the city, lumbering its bloated sides along subterranean concrete shores, spreading out like frayed threads of a rope before converging again and rushing towards the nearby lake with a torrential force. That would get her out of the sewers at least, but then she would be on the lake. The lake wasn't avoided exactly, but it was best not interacted with, especially at night, when the distant blue flashes could be seen. Her other option was, what, pray for someone to find her? Pray that the feeling of being watched and the hairs standing up on the back of her neck were all in her head. That whatever was down here, whatever left bite marks in bodies, would decide that she was not worth the effort. Without her tome, Sarah was helpless to act. A mere thing of flesh left to the mercy of entities of which she had no concept, other than ingrained societal terror. Something rammed into her palate nearly throwing Sarah back into the water as the feeble pieces of wood bobbed and listed. Somehow, she managed not to scream. She scrambled, pulling in her limbs, making herself as small as possible. Another bump from the direction of her head was accompanied by scraping and splashing. Something was scrambling against the wood, desperate to get out of the water. Two glassy, bulging eyes stared at her from either side of a pig-like nose. Beneath them, a chitinous beak pointed and gleaming, bit into the wood. Most of the creature's body was still below the surface, but the bit Sarah could see was a dome of spined armor. The creature's clawed toes were splayed across the pallet, wedging folds of wrinkled skin into the spaces between the planks, slowly pulling itself towards her. The thing opened its beak wide enough to engulf her head, and hissed. It sounded more like a piece of machinery than the noise an animal should make. The whole thing was way too close to her face, 
She scrambled back, rotating so her feet were closest to the creature. Each muscle in her body was tense and thrumming like a plucked violin string. In a sudden burst of speed, the creature lunged at her, scuttling forward like a bulbous insect, its neck extending impossibly towards her exposed legs. Sarah jerked back, but not fast enough. The tip of its beak dug into the fleshy part of her shin. Pain erupted in her leg. Sarah was at once lightheaded and filled with the sporadic lightning of adrenaline. Screaming, she instinctively pulled away from the pain. This made the creature bite harder, its bulging eyes half-closed. It began to pull back, underbelly scraping against the wood as it tried to drag her into the river. Not knowing what else to do, Sarah balled up her fist and punched the creature in its eye. You were supposed to do that with animals, right? The scales around the creature's eye scraped her knuckles, lacerating them like a patch of shredded concrete. Gritting her teeth, Sarah tried again, this time hitting the flesh of the eye. The creature flinched, tearing the muscles in her leg with its sudden movement, pulling the breath out of her. Sarah couldn't gasp or scream, her limbs temporarily rigid with pain. A warm, giddy sensation filled her, the whole situation turning into a strange, lucid dream. In a foggy mania, Sarah dug her thumb into the creature's left eye, gouging as deep as she could. Its blood dripped down her hand, black under the red lights. The creature let go of her leg, sliding back into the water. The pallet bobbed and swirled like a leaf caught in a current. Sarah jerked as another bump rocked the pallet. Another creature's head poked out of the water, its beak latched onto the wood, ponderous claws scrabbling to gain a foothold. Sarah dove forward, digging her thumb into this one's eye as well. It immediately let go, hissing as it retreated under the murky surface. The light suddenly grew brighter. Sarah looked up. The grating was gone, and maybe five meters ahead of her, the walls on either side sloped down. They were less than a meter high, well within reach if she could grab them without capsizing. Gingerly, not putting any real weight onto her hurt leg, Sarah wobbled onto her knees. She didn't dare risk putting her hands in the water to paddle closer to the wall, so she did the only thing she could think of, carefully taking off her shoes and balancing as best as she could. Sarah used her sneakers to paddle towards the wall on her right. It was painfully slow and nerve-wracking. Every ripple and eddy in the water made Sarah flinch. Every piece of debris that bumped into the pallet made her whip her head around and freeze, stock still in anticipation of another attack. At times, she would briefly see eyes in the water, glassily watching her progress. As the lower wall got closer, Sarah put her shoes back on, her injured leg burning with each movement. She knew that without a hospital or a healing tome, she would get sick and possibly die anyway, but that was a problem for future Sarah to solve. For now, she just had to get out of this river. The edge of the pallet banged into the wall, rocking her forward. Sarah lunged fast enough to grab onto the corner of the wall before the pallet bounced back out into the middle of the river. Looking something like a shit-covered seal, she dragged herself as far away from the river as she could and rolled onto her side, facing away from the sewage. 
Sarah didn't know how long she lay there, only that her eyes were closed for a time, and when they opened again, there was no perceivable change. She pushed herself into a sitting position and looked around. To her right and left, the walkway went on out of sight, broken every twenty feet or so by smaller offshoots of the river. She was looking for an obvious exit, a ladder, a staircase, a neon exit sign. Nothing presented itself. She used the wall to support herself as she stood up, standing still long enough to pick a direction at random. She went right, following the flow of the sewage. Rusted walkways bridged the river's offshoots, metal-graded floors flaking off in minuscule slivers and falling into the water below with each step. Many of the bridges wobbled as she limped her way across. As she walked, it got harder to breathe. The air was sauna warm, and each labored breath felt like it came through a wet washcloth. She supposed it was due to all the squicky biological things going on in the water. She stopped, leaning against the condensation-covered wall to catch her breath. In the silence, she heard footsteps. Because of all the echoes and hard corners, Sarah couldn't tell what direction they were coming from. The faint red light didn't provide enough illumination to see more than sixty feet ahead of her. A sound began to fill her ears, something like the distant hum of a microwave or a rotary saw. Things lived down here. That invasive thought plagued her as she walked. It had been years since her biology course in university but living things needed an ecosystem after all. The creatures in the water, what did they normally eat? More importantly, what, if anything, ate them? Sarah licked her lips and forced herself to keep moving. She did her best to ignore the cramp in her side and the searing pain in her leg. Did her best to listen, to see, but all was red, damp, and pressing in from every direction. Out of the corner of her eye, she saw ripples in the water that hadn't been there before. There had to be an exit. Her footfalls felt loud, echoey, as if she was calling for whatever was following her to come closer. Her footsteps and the sound of her own labored breathing made it hard to hear anything else. There had to be an exit. Her skin felt raw from the sewage, and she could already imagine the rash forming. She had no job, no money. How would she afford to see a doctor? Stop. No time to think about it. For now, just focus on moving forward. Exit. Somewhere. An exit. Please. As she crossed the next bridge, a splash in the water made her jump, nearly toppling her over the edge. The whole structure wobbled under her weight, groaning with metal fatigue. She looked through the grated floor at the river below her, heart beating in her ears. Lingering for just a moment, just long enough for her to see, were two reflective circles, each as big as dinner plates. They disappeared with another splash back into the water. Her fingers, slick with sweat and crusted over with silt from the river, gripped the handrails of the bridge. She felt heavy, every movement an agony of endurance. Things lived down here. An exit. Things lived. The exit. Her thoughts swirled. Without warning, something launched itself out of the water and landed on the bridge in front of her. 
Sarah stared for a second before taking a step back, nearly tripping. Dizziness almost overwhelmed her. Her head felt like it had a swarm of bees arguing inside of it. She tried to focus on the thing in front of her, but her vision kept blurring over. It was long and oily, short bristles of fur on its back sticky with refuse. Those large, gleaming eyes set deep in a streamlined skull watched her. They gave off an almost human sense of curiosity. A long, pointed mouth lined with short, conical teeth clacked as if it was tasting the air around it. Pain evaporating like mist under the harsh sunlight of self-preservation, Sarah turned and ran. Behind her, she could hear the creature's webbed feet scrambling across the floor. She reached the edge of the bridge and looked back, trying to gauge the distance between herself and this new danger. It ran with its head held upright, body straight as a rod, stubby tail swinging back and forth like a pendulum to balance as it closed the distance. The bridge rattled with the force of its movements. She was ahead of it, barely, but she couldn't keep this up. In this moment, she knew she was nothing more than meat, meat trying to escape on a hurt leg. Her limbs felt like they had been filled with molten lead. Terrifying, aren't they? The voice came to her, same as when she had been in the car. It was like someone was speaking right into her ear. We released them down here years ago to control the pest problem. Behind her, the creature slowed and slid off the concrete ledge, disappearing under the water. Sarah also slowed, head swiveling in every direction, trying to find where he was hiding. From what she had seen, the man could only send her messages when he knew exactly where she was. She knew him well enough to know that he would not waste a disruption unless he was nearby. You'd better get moving. It's likely to leap out of the water at you. Why do you care? Sarah asked out loud. Wouldn't letting this thing eat me be a nice way to tie up a loose end? I considered it. The man's voice responded. But the brothers want you alive, not my choice. If it were up to me, I'd let you die of predation or gangrene down here. You see, the man continued, after what that tome did to Clarkson, we figured it was back to the drawing board. We don't know why it attuned itself to you, why it chose you of all people. Keep him talking, Sarah thought, trying to catch her breath. You mean you don't know why your pet experiment would choose a lowly research assistant instead of one of your hand-picked favorites? The water erupted again. Sarah lurched out of the way, collapsing on the floor. The thing landed less than a meter away, its black fur dripping with the river's ooze. Its mouth opened, and a high-pitched whistle click echoed out. She tried to get her feet underneath her again, but her body was done. She had no more fight. Breathing was difficult. Seeing was difficult. The thing hunched its back, ready to launch itself towards her, and Sarah felt her body go limp, an involuntary acceptance of death. The humming sound that had been following her rose in volume, and the creature cringed back. The footsteps grew louder as the man walked over Sarah, his tome in hand. His mouth was moving, as though in casual conversation, but the hum buzz of his disruption was unmistakable. 
Whatever that noise did, it was radiating impossibly from his human throat. The thing watched the man, its eyes wide and back hunched like a cat trying to make itself look bigger. It launched itself towards him, but didn't fully close the gap, apparently trying to scare him away from its intended prey. The man took a step closer, briefly flicking his eyes to the tome as he did so. The noise coming from his mouth changed. His brow furrowed, his face now becoming a mask of pure rage. It looked like he was shouting, the veins and muscles of his neck popping out as he continued to speak his disruption. Sarah couldn't hear the noises he was making. They had risen in pitch, too high for her unaltered ears to pick up. A deafening crack erupted from overhead as one of the lights above the man shattered. The thing began writhing, its teeth clacking a rapid staccato as it lurched itself into the river and disappeared. The man took a breath, the veins disappearing from his neck and forehead, and put the tome in his pocket. He turned, still dressed as an EMT, his faux uniform torn and dirty, and knelt next to Sarah. You've spent too much time down here, the man said. There's more methane in this air than oxygen. That's why you're so tired. Huh, she said, not able to string together a full sentence. Most people come down here with respirators, or at least a gas mask, he continued, squatting over Sarah, looking down at her. Still, you did incredibly well. Not just anyone can keep ahead of me for as long as you have, and, as far as I know, very few have lasted this long down here unprotected. You know, I can kind of see why the tome chose you now, now that I'm saying it out loud. He chuckled, but it was a dry rattle of sticks and dead leaves. Fuck you, Sarah gasped out against her tightening chest. The man laughed in her face. If she wasn't so tired, she would have tried to, or if she had her tome, she could have... If the Athenaeum had just kept her safe like it should have, infinite possibilities of what should have happened swirled around her, but reality, harsh and bright, was all she had. She could do nothing, and so the man laughed. Now it is time for you to make a choice, the man continued, eyes glowing in the dim light of the sewer. Are you going to come with me, or are you going to die down here? Hey, this is Michael, author of Novel Magics. Thank you for listening to my podcast. This is my first one, and for now it's a one-man show, so it's not going to be perfect. If you are enjoying my story so far, and would like to help the podcast grow, please consider donating to my Ko-fi account. Ko-fi, spelled K-O-F-I, is a donation service that does not require a monthly subscription. This makes things easier for both you and me. Every dollar goes directly back into the podcast, allowing me to pay for better music, recording equipment, and graphics. With enough support, it will mean longer, more frequent, and better produced episodes. You can donate at Kofi slash Novel Magics, or go to the support page on my website, novelmagicspodcast.com. 
If you can't donate anything, no stress. Just share my podcast with someone who you think would like it, and we'll call it even. For now, thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next month. Novel Magics is an original story, written, recorded, and produced by Michael Ostis.